I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, August 24th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so this is a story that we're always talking about, but Canadian travel is still being disrupted. Disrupted by customs, disrupted by the airlines, by the airports, all types of disruptions. And so WestJet paid out $1,000 to a customer for a flight disruption that was caused by a cruise shortage. Now they're trying to overturn the fee, which could create a scary new precedent for air travelers. And Jay, I've got to ask, you've been traveling a lot lately. Has your travel been disrupted at all? It has not, but I did notice they're doing customs differently on the way back into Pearson. They're like keeping you on the plane, releasing you in tranches, a couple stops along the way until you actually get to customs. So I think you're probably waiting the same time, but you're actually not waiting in one line. You're waiting like four or five, which spreads out the pain. The only advice I can give is do not check bags. I heard from another Peak Team member yesterday that they were flying back from Winnipeg and they went to go wait for their bags at the correct carousel and their bag, it never showed up. And so they thought it was lost when in fact it was two carousels away, which was for a different flight altogether. And so I guess pro tip, look at other carousels if you think you've lost your bag, but then the better tip is just not to check bags, period. I didn't check a bag, but I did travel to Florida for a weekend and it is hard to fit the computer, all the chargers, socks, shoes, bathing suits, towels in a bag, but it is so worth it. Yeah, and well, and that's if you're flying, you know, in Air Canada, try flying Flare or Lynx <laughs> or one of these discount airlines and you're paying $1,000 for those bags you're bringing on the flight chain. Right. Brett, aside from service disruptions still happening in Canada, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, we've got three stories that are Canadian, but not as Canadian as flight disruptions. For our first story, Europe is in economic trouble. For our second story, Instagram is copying Be Real. And for our third story, what is hydrogen fuel anyways? For our first story, it's not all gelato and smiles in Europe these days. Economists and business leaders are growing increasingly worried that economic slowdowns in the region's leading economies could send the Eurozone into a difficult recession. Brett, what are the big issues in Europe right now? Oh, well, there's tons of them. I guess the first one being a war, Jay. But look, according to an S&P survey of 5,000 companies across Europe, shrinking business activity, mainly concentrated in Germany and France, two of the biggest countries in Europe, has economists stressing. Yeah, I I knew the answer. I was just, you know, going from the script. I knew (laughs) knew there was a war going on. No one think I didn't. And here's why. Well, Russia's gas supply squeeze sent inflation to record highs, hitting both business investment and household spending, forcing Europe's central bank to raise interest rates. Jay, we're not supposed to tell people there's a script. It's supposed to all be coming from our brains. Look, usually interest rate hikes are used to tame an economy that's running hot, like in Canada and the US, but Europe isn't seeing the same excess in consumer demand. A slowdown in Germany specifically, which accounts for about a quarter of the European Union's GDP, could reverse an unexpectedly solid start to the year for the EU economy. Now, droughts have affected key trade routes, plus Germany is still heavily dependent on Russian energy, which has been less available since the war in Ukraine began. And they use that to power their homes and to power heavy industry, two really important things. France, Italy, and Spain, the Eurozone's next three biggest economies, also had their growth forecast for 2030 downgraded by the International Monetary Fund. Meanwhile, the 19 European economies underpinned by the euro have seen their currency's value drop to its lowest levels in 20 years, resulting in parity. That's one-for-one parity with the U.S. dollar. We haven't seen that in a long time. Analysts attribute the euro slide to aggressive interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve, which has attracted money from euros into dollars-dominated investments. 
Now, while rates are going up in Europe, U.S. consumer demand is holding up much better than the EU, which means that the Fed has room to raise rates even more. And here's why it matters. So some experts are becoming worried that Europe's troubles could make it the epicenter of a global recession. We sure do hope not, but it's something to definitely keep our eyes on, Jane. For our second story, after garnering flack earlier this year for trying too hard to be TikTok, Instagram has now set its sights on wanting to be exactly like Be Real, another popular app amongst Gen Zs. There's two things we know for sure about Mark Zuckerberg, Jane. One, as he mentioned in a very famous video of him barbecuing using a big green egg, he loves sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce, and he also loves copying other startups. What's he up to with this Be Real clone? Well, first of all, let, let it be known that I heard about Be Real, and I think a lot of people did too first from you, Brett. Anyway, Instagram is internally testing IG Candid, a feature that sends users a daily prompt to take and post an in-the-moment photo within two minutes using a new dual camera feature, which is, Brett, exactly how Be Real works. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll have a little spin on it, but Be Real has soared in popularity this year, particularly with young users tired of fake people on social media. Those are people like myself, Jay. I'm just, I'm sick and tired of all the fakes. And it's on its way to become the number one app on the App Store. And here's why it's happening. Blatantly copying other apps has worked wonders before. For example, Instagram Stories feature was taken directly from Snapchat and is now the marquee feature on Instagram. Remarkably so, Snapchat survived that and became a really big company despite Mark Zuckerberg's copying. Now, Instagram's not the only platform ripping off competitors. In recent years, YouTube introduced its Shorts feature to capitalize on TikTok's popularity, while Twitter added Spaces, which is still going, and Fleets, Fleets, RIP Fleets, copying both Clubhouse and Instagram. One works better than the other. And is Spaces still going? I mean, I guess it is, but I think it's going Uh, the same way as Clubhouse. But anyway, and this is why it all matters, Brett. In the ongoing fight for user attention and resulting advertising dollars, Social media companies have changed their original value props to imitate what's working best for everyone else, overloading users with features they can get elsewhere. And for our last story, yesterday, Canada inked a deal to supply green hydrogen fuel to Germany, which sounds great for everyone, right, Brett? But what exactly is hydrogen fuel? Brett, let's get the Peak Pals caught up. Well, I guess we got to start with, you know, what the hell is hydrogen fuel? I I certainly don't know. And I'm learning on the fly with you, Peak Pals. But as we learn, you will too. So hydrogen fuel produces totally emission-free electricity by harnessing the reaction between hydrogen and oxygen atoms. Stick with us here. It's mainly used in oil refining and fertilizer production. But NASA, they also use it for rockets and has long-term potential for transportation and heating. And here's how it's made. 95% of the world's hydrogen fuel is created by combining natural gas and steam to produce hydrogen cells in water. This process not only uses fossil fuels, but also releases greenhouse gases like methane. So what's green about hydrogen, Brett? Well, okay, this is green hydrogen is when renewable energy like solar or wind is used to create hydrogen cells. Now, this process is much more expensive, but it's the one that Germany is really interested in. And Atlantic Canada has been designated as a place with sufficient wind power to make it actually happen. That sounds like good news. There's also so-called blue hydrogen in which the typical process is used, but any emissions are captured and stored. Now, hydrogen can be stored either as gas in highly pressurized tanks or as liquid in cryogenic freezers, the type that I'm going to be frozen in after I am deceased, Jay. For transport, it would be 
need to be in liquid form to be loaded into a specifically adapted pipeline or tanker and then warmed up at its destination for use. It's a little Dr. Evil in the breath. And here's <laughs> the bottom line. Despite skepticism about its practicality, Germany sees hydrogen as a vital part of achieving net zero by 2050 and winning itself off of Russian energy, which seems like a better idea every day that goes by. Now, Canada sees itself as a future major hydrogen player, publishing an extensive strategy in 2019 to achieve hydrogen dominance. This new deal is the first step in each country achieving these goals. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 36 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, have a good Wednesday. Thanks. You too, Jen.